required the children of Israel because they were fed up, because they had a slave-like mentality. You know, when we come out of Egypt, we can have a slave-like mentality that can want to bring us back to a place where we're destitute and we're broken. But God has not required you to have a slave-like mentality. He's called you to be healed in the name of Jesus. It's interesting during this portion of Scripture, if you just go back one chapter and you go to verse 26, and he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I was thinking this last week, I was thinking, and this is a little bit off where we're going, but I was thinking the anthem for this house was the scripture that Wigglesworth declared was, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I feel the anthem for this house is, I am the Lord that healeth thee. This will be the word and will be the, the, the worship, I am the Lord that healeth thee. As soon as people walk through that door into the presence of the living God, they will be healed by the spirit of the living God because God is a God of healing. And I felt to declare that this morning, that God wants to heal your soul. Verse 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and people shall go out together a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. You know, sometimes, and I'm speaking to myself, we can't see fully where we're going, but God gives us a direction that he wants us to go. And in that direction, sometimes what happens is, is as we're walking it out, we can't see the provision with our physical eyes, but in the supernatural, God is about to rain down heaven and provide for the needs that you have. See, where the enemy stole from you, God is going to replace that and actually prosper you. That's why we had, had the apostle this week. It wasn't just about him coming and declaring to the people that were in that atmosphere. It was about breaking chains in the atmosphere of Bradford that requires an apostle to come and break those chains. If you pick that up in the spirit, you would understand the importance of the speaking out in the atmosphere. Wherever we go, we should be atmosphere changes. When you walk into a room, they can see that there's something different about you. When people walk into a room, do they see that there's something different about you? That's the real question. Do people see that there's something different about you? God spoke and said, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. But they couldn't see it. They couldn't see what was going to happen. Jesus said, count the cost, take up your cross, and follow me. That means in spite of the circumstance, in spite of the situation, I make a decision that I am taking up my cross, and I am going to follow the master. Because the master is calling to you this day. You see, it says in verse 5, and it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and they shall have twice as much as they gather. Provision in abundance. Jehovah Jireh is shouting from the rooftops right now that he is a God that provides. Verse 6, and Moses said to Aaron, unto all the children of Israel at evening, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land 
of Egypt. You know, God will provide in what looks like a wilderness, and we have to be grateful for what he has provided. We can't look at what we see. We have to be grateful at every single level. When you're grateful, it it releases something in the Lord to give you more because he sees the motive of the heart. Gratitude is one of the kingdom principles of God. I love that song by Hezekiah Water, and he just sings grateful, grateful, grateful. And it's an amazing, amazing song, and I play it in the car all the time because I'm grateful to what God has done. I'm grateful for what he has done and what he's going to do because he's a God of provision, a God of abundance, a God of clarity, and a God that directs even though sometimes you cannot see it. You have to stand on his word and stand on his promise. It says in verse 7, And in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurs against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? The Lord says, stop complaining and murmuring. This is not just for you. This is for me also. But he says, I am kind and patient. You know, he didn't do what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't do where he destroyed them. He could have destroyed them there and then, but he didn't because God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. And God is a God who loves his chosen people, who loves the remnant believers that trust in the Lord with all their heart. You see, in verse 8, it says, Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord hear of your murmurs, which you murmur against him, and what are we? Your murmurs are not against us, but against the Lord. You know, I need to say this this morning, and maybe it's a confirmation. You know, we've all been through terrible things with leaders. I don't think there's probably, we, we, sometimes we've been through bad things. But I've come to a place in my life, and especially he confirmed it, I will never, ever speak a bad word about another minister. And I'm quite a young believer, but I will never say a bad word about another minister ever again. Because it's very serious to God. He became very poorly and almost died. And he said, Lord, if you forgive me, that's what he said with his own mouth, if you forgive me. So I want to say we need to be very careful what we say. I'm very careful these days. Everything I say now, I have to watch. Because our mouths can, this is why Pastor Lily goes on a lot about the tongue. Because what's in it is, is life and death. So be very careful. I know we've all, many of us have been hurt by people that should have known better and done things in the right way. But at the end of the day, when you look at yourself and you see your own sin, you see your own mess, you see your own struggle, who are we to look at other people? It's a process of forgiveness. And we must forgive those who have persecuted us. And at the end of the day, the more opposition you receive, the more, the more people hate on you, the more God promotes you. Because in that opposition, God begins to do things that only God could do in spite of the circumstance. Can someone say amen? You've got to catch a vision from heaven and see what God is done, doing. We know that this is a revival church. We know why Pastor Abe and Pastor Lily have been sent. But if you can't see in the spirit, then ask God to clarify why we're here. Because it's not just for this church. It's not just for Bradford, but it's for the UK. People think... And this is what amazes me. People want me to go down to London and run around doing outreaches and run up to Scotland and do things over here. But they haven't caught the spirit. And so they're running around doing all these things. 
but they haven't caught the spirit and the word of God. You have to know where God wants you to be so that you can increase. You see, people would look at this house, and it's a powerful house. We, everybody knows this house. But the size of the congregation right now, yeah, doesn't look that big. But God is not about numbers. Ultimately, in the end, it will be about numbers because the many people will be reached. But it's about the remnant getting a hold of God, declaring the promises, and stepping into what he has. And then comes the great outpouring. When you've got strong believers, and I'm going to say this again. This is, off, this is not what I had for this morning. But when you've got strong believers, both young and old working together, getting wisdom from the old, encouraging the young, and the young encouraging the older, you have an environment where there's a stir in the hearts. So when the enemy tries to come in and he comes into the house, he can't come in because the leadership is so strong and the environment is so strong that people know what's going on and people can see clearly what the enemy wants to do, but he can't step through that door because there's fire on that door. You've got to keep your post. You've got to stay where God wants you to be and let God do what he wants to do. Someone say amen. In verse 10, and it came to pass as Aaron spoke unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked towards the wilderness and beheld the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Do you want to give God the glory for your story or do you want to write your own? Is God going to get the glory for your story or are you going to write your own? Because if you write your own, that's going to end in death. But if you give it to God, God's going to lead you to life and life abundantly. That's a choice you have to make. I made a decision. I'm going to serve God, hell or high water. I'm going to serve God when it's good and when it's bad. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I might not be working in the physical right now, but God is going to provide. God is there. God is just testing me to see where my heart is. Are you going to stay faithful to the small that I've given you to do? Are you going to stand on his word? Are you going to stand on the promise? Are you going to believe God at all costs? It's, in, it's, it's, it's a cost. It's a cost. And I'd rather pay the cost and see many souls get saved and see my life transformed and see Jesus, because no one will say of me, this is what I believe for. I will, I will not allow nobody to say of me that it was them that did it. They will only say only God could have done that in his life. God got the glory and God wants to do the same for you. That Only God did what he wanted to do in your life. That's the kind of testimony you want. People spend their time so much building their own lives with their own houses and, and I did this, and I got this, and I built this. Yet they never released to God what he wanted to release to give more. Because God's not a God that would leave you to die. God is the God of more than enough. And I understand that there is also a balance in Christ. And I need to say this because it is the gospel. In Mark 4, verse 19, But the cares of this world and the deceitful wretchedness and the lust of these things entertaining choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So if you go after those material things, if you run after the world and you go after those things, ultimately, it's not going to please you. You look at some of the businessmen in the world. They've got billions of pounds. They're the most unhappiest people in the world. They've got yachts and big houses and all this thing, but they are the most, I would never want to sell my soul to the devil for any amount of money. You can't buy me. I'm sold out. I'm telling you now, with the price I've had to pay to get to this point, if you think for one Second, I would sell out for any money. You must be cutting. This anointing costs me. You must be kidding. If you think for one second, one second, that I'm going to turn around for the sake of materials, 
No way. Because I know where I'm standing and I know who I trust in. Jehovah Jireh. Let him write your vision for your life. Let him write your vision. James chapter verse, verse 1 to 3. You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on pleasures. Right, mo right motives will bring the right result. How many people remember the story of the widow with two mites? Many people put lots of money. They put loads of money into that thing. And Jesus said, this woman with two mites, a farthing, has given more than anything else. She gave everything that she had. The other sad story of that is the rich young ruler. He refused to give up what he had because he, he, he didn't want to give it over. And God always tests the heart. Before you, God can step in, you have to let go. Letting go demonstrates the desire of your heart towards the Lord in the test and your actions. You complete the test and you move to the next phase of your journey through abundance on the journey by walking it out. He sends you abundance that you need according to the journey that you're taking. But you must decrease so he can increase. That just doesn't mean just your flesh. And it does mean your flesh, sorry. But it, it also means everything of your, of your soul and spirit before God, that you give everything over to God. Now, I'm not saying we don't struggle. That would be, that would be silly. We all struggle with things. But what I am saying is, is are you going to be a person that decreases so God can increase you? Or are you going to be a person that gravitates, grabs everything he can, and loses everything on the end anyway? I just feel like this is a real divine alignment moment because you're already stepping into destiny and some of you are at the point where if you don't let go, you're going to lose out on God's very best. You see, when you get Jesus, you get everything. Why would you want anything else? Jesus said, very, very, I say unto you, Moses gave you that, that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. It's Jesus and his broken body shed on the cross. If that's not enough for you, I don't know what is. It's what he paid. It's what he did on the cross. It's where no one else could have stood on that cross with his arms open wide. And God turned his back on him. And the full wrath of God was fully poured out on his son. Fully poured out. And the father turned away. Because our sin... Jesus was sin for that very moment, even though he'd never committed a single sin. And this one's for the Bible school, because we've been talking a lot about the Son of Man and the importance of the fact that he was fully human. Everything he went through, he fully suffered. Jesus, according to what we've learned, is that he spoke mostly of the Son of Man and spoke very short of the Son of God. But the demons knew he was the son of God. But that, that whole process of the humanity of Jesus fully feeling every temptation and feeling everything just to get him to his destiny and dying on that cross. Boy, oh boy, if Jesus had not done that, none of us would be here today. What's it worth losing your own soul over for the sake of money? 
you know, people want the blessing, but they don't want the price of the cost. You've got to pay the price. You, you know, <laughs> Sophie, can I have that box, please? You know, people can only see with their eyes. Just give me one second. What happens is, is people put the word in a box, and they put God in the box. How many denominations and ministries do you know that put God in a box? He's infant. He knows everything about you. But they leave God in a box there and say, no, I'm not going any further. I'm not going any further. That's it. I don't want the Holy Spirit to move in my life. I don't want him to do great things. I don't, I don't agree with that. Because something happened to you that you didn't like where God addressed something and you made a decision not to go through with it and obey his voice. So you decided to shut, try and shut down the Holy Spirit and move God out of the way. But you can't do that. I can't, one of the biggest problems I have right now is the cessationist view. How can you believe that the greatest salvation, the greatest miracle is a person being saved, but you can't believe in the power of God to come into a person's life, change, transform, and heal. That's why it's so powerful that we get people's testimonies up here so we can declare, look at what the Lord did, that he's still answering today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He never will change, and he will be the same always. Nonsense. The reason you shut it down was because maybe you had something in your family that, you didn't, that happened to a family member. I have a cousin right now. He's blind. But does that not mean I can believe for his miracle? We all have things we go through, but you can't stop the power of God when the power of God wants to show up and testify and do what, come and do whatever you want to do, Lord. Flip the script. Take, tear up the preaching. Whatever it is, Lord, do whatever you want to do. Don't put limits on God. Don't put expectations and put God in a box because it don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. God has a plan for your life. You see, you need to go from a slavery to freedom. You might have been a slave, but God is bringing you into freedom, restoration, and transformation, blessed and prosperous, both in your soul, finances, family, and to the nations of the Lord. I have not called you to go back, but to go forward, says the Lord. But this is not the hour of the devil or man, but the hour of my church and my body. I do not take back, considering my promises. I am faithful to those that call upon the name of the Lord. I will answer, I will supply, I will provide, for I am the God who goes before thee, saith the Lord. I have not brought you this far to leave you, says the Lord. I never, he said, it would be easy, but I never will. No matter the amount of trials, testings, tribulations will stop his love for you. You know, natural rain. I was, the Lord said, go and read about natural rain. I'm thinking, natural rain. You know, when the heat of the sun hits the water, it turns into a visible gas. The water vapors, and this is called evacuation. When that moves up, the colder the temperature gets, it hits the cool atmosphere and changes to small water droplets. Clouds are made up of tiny water droplets that condensate in the sky, and this causes the rain to fall. Spiritual rain. Do you ever think that the prayers are like the gas that causes it to vapor, that the prayer just disappeared? Or did you ever think that one day that the prayer might be rising up to the heaven, turning into little water particles, then all of a sudden, all the prayers that you've been praying to God suddenly become this big cloud, and it begins to rain. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. 
Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Strengthen your cards. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Our promise for our wedding was Isaiah 54. What's your promise? What you standing on? What you believing for? Where you going? Who you trusting in? God has a plan for your life. Give it to God. That's all I can say. Let's all stand in this place. You know, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I, I wouldn't normally do this because it's not really. But I just sense, I'm just checking with the Holy Spirit before I do anything. Let's just, if, if God wants you to give some finances to the church that he's been speaking to you a while, I want you, and this is not, this is not nothing to do with the church or even the leaders. They've never even spoke to me. But if God wants you to release some finances that's going to release more to you, and this has been something that's been happening over a couple of weeks, I want you to come to the card machine, and, I, and this is not normally my thing because the church don't need your money. This is nothing about you giving money to the church. This is about you getting your promise, yeah, and you getting the best of God for you. So if, if this message is speaking to you, and the Lord has already been speaking to you, it might be one or two, it might not even be that many, I want you to go to the card machine, and even if it's 20 pounds, like the woman's might, I want you to give what's given to God because I feel it in the spirit and I can't, I can't go against the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. And, and the other call, it might not necessarily be for money for you. It might be something God wants you to give over. It may, it's probably not even money for some of you. It's probably there's something that God is saying, I need to release this. Sometimes I've had to release items. It's not just been money I've had to release. We gave all our money away. We had money for a mortgage. We gave it all away. Because we want the best of God. We don't want the worst. We want the best of God. And so if, 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 if there's something that God wants you, I just want you to just take a step of faith to the altar and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving it over to you. Whatever it is I've been holding back, I'm giving it to you, Lord, because I want your best. I want what you have for me. I don't want somebody else's. I want what you have for me, Jesus. Because there's, there's lives depending on what you do. For people to have the touch of God from you, you have this is this is essential part of, of of submission to God. We all have to submit and lay down and, and lay it down before the cross. We all have to give it over to God. So as the worship team can just return and we've been worship the Lord. Then I'm gonna pray for healings after that. But first it's it's submit to God and lay it down. The leadership have not spoken to me anything about the finances of the church. They've not spoken to me. I, they, we don't really talk like that. I talk about family, church, and food. But, you know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. I don't get to make a decision on what the message is. If I do that, I, I jeopardize you having the best for God. So just come out of your seat right now. Just come out of your seat. If there's something that God wants you to lay down, I want you to lay it down at his feet. It's not about looking to the left or the right. It's about you laying it down before the cross. Bless you. You've got to lay it down. And then I will pray for salvation. Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Come out from your seat. There's more people. I know there's more people in this because the Holy Spirit's telling me there's more people. You're looking to the left or the right like people are looking at you, but nobody's looking at you. It's only God. Nobody's looking at you.
get out of your seat and come down. It's a step of faith. I'm not going until, until the Holy Spirit tells me to move on this point. I am not moving because your soul is at stake here. I'm not playing games today. I want the best for you. I want the best for our church. I want a bigger building for the church. This place is going to be a revival hub for education. And not just education, but there will be many, many revivalists and evangelists that come through this place because that's what God wants to do. But it's a choice. Do I lay it down before the cross of Jesus? Do I take up my cross and follow him? Or do I turn to the left or do I turn to the right? Hallelujah. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Let's begin to praise the Lord. Just call out to God. Just begin to speak to God. However, however that seems to you, speak to God and say, God, I give this to you. God, I give it over to you. You're worthy because we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Break every chain. Break every chain, Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. Lord, we lay it down at your feet. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. You paid everything on the cross that we could not pay. But God, you went to the cross for my sin and for theirs. Hallelujah. If you have a healing in your body that you need and you're sick, I'm sensing migraines in this place. If you've got migraines, please come to the altar right now. God's going to heal you.
migraines. Father, in the name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. Healed of migraine. Go in Jesus' name. Never again. Every nerve system, go in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Migraines, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every migraine. This is because of abuse and things like that. But God's saying you're healed today in the name of Jesus. I want you to declare the word. I want you to stand on his promises. And I declare healing in the name of Jesus from migraines, everything in your body, from top to bottom, in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Migraines. In the name of Jesus, we just pray.
your word. 